What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh. This is Bobby Okereke, inside linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts, and you are tuning into the Blue Stable Podcast. And training camp is here, ladies and gentlemen. You can almost smell it. You can almost taste it. Taste the air around, you know, kind of like next Friday. I, I I wish Rashad was here today so he could catch that reference. You know, like it's just different at... Just taste it, you know, a little bit. But in this episode, Rashad, Destin are unfortunately not able to uh, join us. You know, Rashad's probably buying a helicopter pad because he just got so much money. He doesn't know what to do with it. And then Destin, um, I don't know. I don't know what he does, man. But uh, we are going to go at it in this show. Without them, it's going to feel a lot different. But it's, it's big shoes to fill. But we do have a guest joining the show with me ladies and gentlemen steven reed from stampede blue what you got for us today steven hey mike yeah i'm excited to be here it's my first time here uh, on the blue stable so i'm excited to be a part of it excited to uh to chat with you about some training camp stuff and this is the first time that that you have ever been on the blue stable so we are making a little bit of history here going going into year two uh of the blue stable again like if, if you would have asked me how how long has the blue stable been going i would not have said a year like it just feels it feels a lot longer than it feels that. long right <laughs> feels a little bit longer than that man but guys as you always know 
how we start the show. If you want to help us grow, because we're, we are on the road to 1K. You, you, some of you are helping us get in there, but it's kind of like I keep having to poke you, like boink you in the eyes like what Mo would do to Larry. I got to keep going at you guys. So make sure you leave a like, comment, share, subscribe. Make sure you hit the notification bell. That way you are up to date and you are alerted any time a video is uploaded to our channel. And again, our very own Destin Adams is going to be at Colts training camp this Saturday. So you are not going to want to miss the content that we have ready for you. Get 20% off plus free shipping with our code BSTABLE20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with our code BSTABLE20 at manscaped.com. Up your crotch game because once the boxers 2.0 touch your sack you'll never go back let's talk some Colts football here on the blue stable podcast ladies and gentlemen the official Colts podcast of fan sided now that was one hell of a intro Stephen, bear with me but Colts training camp is back man it's back and of course the wide receiver conversation is still with us like it has been for the last six damn months and we just can't let it go we love it too much man a wide receivers are great i was a wide receiver so I, i'm more than happy to talk about this i, I love it so let's let's do this all right man well so first of all let's just go ahead and get it man everybody loses their shit when julio jones goes to the tampa bay buccaneers uh obviously you saw the you know, you you know of the connection, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan made sense. Yeah, it made sense, but it, it it's not a perfect world. So a lot of things that make sense end up not happening. And you know, that's just the world that we live in sometimes. Uh, you know, like hell, me with my beautiful girlfriend, that doesn't make sense. I'm ugly as hell, but she still loves me. So hey, that 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 happens. Uh so uh, again, Julio Jones off the board you still got guys like cole beasley our own ty hilton will fuller out there odell beckham is still out there nursing an injury probably won't be back till maybe around november late november early december maybe in time for somebody to make a playoff run but uh steven you know where our room is now chris ballard comes out they're still in conversations with many guys At, at this point who do you think that they bring in and do they really need to bring somebody in? Yeah, I think that they're going to take a look at, I mean, obviously they've been taking a look to see what's available out there still. You know, the discussion about Julio was always interesting to me because everything that I've heard is that the Colts just weren't interested. So, I mean, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, you, you make that connection just from all their years in Atlanta. Um, but if you look at the track record of Julio Jones, it didn't make sense for where they're at right now because he's 33 years old, was broken down, was having injury injury issues, didn't do much at all for, for Tennessee, despite at the beginning of the season having that opportunity when Derrick Henry was healthy. So I'm I'm personally kind of happy that Julio's not not necessarily with the Colts. I, I I'll be honest, I've I've gone out on a limb before and said, you know, I I not necessarily a big fan of bringing T.Y. back either um, because I think that the last year he was a little bit gassed um, in terms of his ability to get off of press coverage. Um, really, there were some issues in terms of communications with Carson Wentz. Now, that might all be changed 
with a better quarterback with Matt Ryan under center. Uh, I think if there was a guy that I was going to go after and I were the Colts and I really wanted to, I, I've prefaced this by saying, I think TY is the guy that they will sign, but after training camp, because who in their right mind wants to come to training camp if they don't have to. Um, and TY already knows the offense. So there's not going to be that semblance that, that system to have to get accustomed to. Pretty sure uh, he has the playbook still. It probably does. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I would say that if there was one guy that wasn't T.Y. that I thought the Colts were going to bring in, I would love for it to be Odell Beckham Jr. I think that he would be a perfect fit for this. I, I think the, the, the rap that he's gotten about being a bad teammate, by being it's all by people that are outside the locker room that don't understand the locker room. And everything you hear from players, from people that have actually been in the locker room, said that he's a great teammate and he does all the good things. He's a, he helps out the younger receivers, everything you want. It, it, one of the reasons why I, I thought Julio might be a decent, decent option to bring in, even though I didn't really want it was because he was a good mentor. And I thought Michael Pittman Jr. Could really kind of mimic what Julio brings and, and make that rapport. So to have that, that guy in there to help tutor him in the same way would have been helpful. Uh, Ultimately, though, when you think about the Colts wide receiver room, you don't necessarily need a veteran guy to come in um, because, because at this point, everybody talks about needing somebody there to be a mentor. Quite honestly, that's why you've got Reggie Wayne. Um, Reggie Wayne is Super Bowl champion. Uh, we all know him, his future Hall of Famer. Um, I, I was lucky enough to get to talk to Reggie last year um, in an interview. And so he is a great person, knows the game of football. You hear everything that Chris Ballard, Frank Reich says about him and everything, all the energy and the experience that he brings to practice. That's something that is unique to him as a wide receiver coach. And so I think that that's something that you don't necessarily need to bring in a veteran receiver. And I'll be interested to see how these start of training camp goes because Alec Pierce, this first day of training camp, played pretty well. He ran with the ones. He was their Z wide receiver. Uh, the out, other outside wide receiver, uh, he was playing pretty well. Um, so I'm excited to see what he offers in this team because you've got Reggie to be that veteran leader in that locker room. You've got Michael Pittman as your one. So you don't need a guy to necessarily come in and be the one. You've got Alec Pierce, who is a strong two, um, I, I think. And then you've got guys that can play underneath in. Paris Campbell, if he stays healthy, and even if Paris doesn't stay healthy, you have Naeem Hines to be able to stump in and fill some of that void at wide receiver. Plus, you've got Ashton Doolin, who Chris Ballard consistently mentions that is, is supposed to make that jump. Um, Desmond Patman is another guy that they expect to make that jump. Um, you know, Kiki Kuti is a guy that, for whatever reason, always played well against the Colts back when he was with Houston, um, was on the Colts roster last year briefly uh, into the end of the season and is still here with them in training camp. They've got some options there. I don't necessarily think they need to bring in somebody. I think they probably will end up bringing in T.Y. later in training camp. But if I were to have a 1A choice, it would be OBJ. So I agree on the Odell Beckham uh, Jr. one. That's the one I want. Uh, I, I, maybe he 
you know, he hasn't even signed back with L.A. yet. So I'm thinking that maybe he wants a multi-year deal. And I, th- I think he I think he deserves it. Uh, obviously, if you're the L.A. Rams and you have a lot of money, a lot of years committed around the roster, probably not inclined to give out a multi-year deal right now. Uh, I think they figure it out in the end. But if I'm Ballard, man, I'm, I'm going to Odell Beckham. If I can give you one year deal and I, how much money do you want? I, I would make that deal. I, I would because, you know, he's not going to be ready day one. Uh, he's not going to be ready week five or or anything. But if he can come back in November and start playing and just, you know, get the rust out and everything, build that rapport with Matt Ryan, I would love it. T.Y. Hilton, we all know why, uh, you know, has a chance to make the Colts the first franchise with three 10,000-yard receivers. We understand that. I think he's what, like 250 yards away. And then everybody else is everybody else just injury prone. That's it. Everybody else out there is just nothing but injury. So with T.Y., even with his major injuries he's had late lately, what is he truly offering to this room other than leadership? Like at this point, leadership. I'm, I'm kind of. <laughs> At, at this point, I'm kind of done with just the leadership aspect. I want guys who are going to play and make a difference. So, and we'll we'll discuss the wide receiver room here in a minute. And to your point, you said Kiki Kuti was always destroying us. Well, that was because a certain defense coordinator thought it would be smart to back everybody off and not guard the middle of the field. But we don't we we don't have to revisit that conversation at all. Uh, other than that, Darius Leonard has changed his name to Shaquille. You know. That would have been a lot better if he just said that day one instead of made multiple all pros, watched every single game of his career for the last four years and known him as Darius. So he's now Shaquille now and uh, shout out to him. I'm glad he's making the change if that's what he's comfortable with. I know I made the change with my last name uh, going to Pivia. That was important to me. So, you know. Destin, I'm not sure what his middle name is now. I give him a middle name almost every show. Maybe it's Chiquavion now. Maybe that one sticks for him. Bartholomew. Huh? Bartholomew. Sounds like a good one for him. Destin oh, yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, I think Barty. Barty, yeah, Barty or Marty. Yeah. Marty sounds more like Marty. him. Oh, Bob. Yeah. Bob. He looks like a Bob, don't he? I'm not going to say yes or no to that I don't one. know, man. I mean... He's just a big dork. <laughs> that, that, that's what it is, man. Destin, we love you, buddy. Hope you're enjoying the show. But, um, yeah, uh, other than that, there's not too much to take away from Colt day one, at least from Colt's training camp. Kenny Moore is present. Uh, He's not holding out or anything. He's going and practicing. Other than that, not really a whole lot uh, to discuss, honestly, in terms of news. But what we can talk about, and if you were subscribed to our newsletter, you would have known ahead of time, we're talking – camp position battles today and that and again that is if you subscribe to our newsletter you would have known that because that is a feature that comes with our newsletter you get to see early what we're going to talk about on the show that way you know what's coming instead of saying oh what are they talking about today you know what's coming so the link is down in the description below make sure you subscribe to the blue stable weekly newsletter so let's talk some position battles shall we uh my good friend Steven, because these would have been nice. And and I'm sure we're going to get to them with, with Destin, but him and I have been on opposite ends of the field when it comes to this left tackle competition between Bernard Ryman and Matt Pryor. See, I'm for Pryor. 
Destin is for Ryman. Destin believes a 25-year-old rookie uh, is going to come in and win a starting job. Uh, I don't see it, personally. Uh, now, I'm not trying to, you know, talk down on Ryman, but again, Pryor's been in this system for a year. I think he's better. I think he's more ready at this spot than Ryman is. I get that he was a solid draft pick. Obviously, he's good, and I see the technique. But again, from what he played against in college versus what he's going to play. And real quick, I just want to give you a list of some pass rushers that he is going to play this year because he didn't play anybody that was worth a damn in college. Now he's going to come and play Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, uh, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Micah Parsons, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Derek Barnett, Hassan Reddick. Guys, y'all get the point. Y'all get the point. And I'm I'm just not comfortable with that, guys. Me personally, I'm just not comfortable. I think I'm gonna go with Ryman. Uh, not Ryman. I think I'm gonna go with Pryor on this one because. Again, he's just, I, I think, it, from, from what I'm hearing, his body has changed a little bit. I think he's dropped a little weight to help him transition over to this position at left tackle. I'm not sure if you saw, Steven, uh, there was a guy named Alex on Twitter that said their projected starting left tackle, Matt Pryor, has played a total of seven snaps. He has never played more than seven snaps in a season. And he apparently is a film analyst. I'm not entirely sure what film he's been watching, but it clearly hasn't been the NFL because he has played way more than seven snaps. Where are you on the fence with this uh, battle between Matt Pryor and Bernard Ryman? All right. So what I'm going to do is what any uh, person in my field does. Uh, it depends. Um, so. I think Matt Pryor is a better guy to start from right now uh, in terms of this season and try to get everybody into, into the groove, into training camp, everything like that. I think Matt Pryor is a better option right now. I want to see how Ryman develops over the course of training camp. He, again, it's really difficult for rookies to come in from the draft and then come into training camp. You've not really had a full off season. Uh, in the building with your people to get used to, get acclimated to the new position, get acclimated to the new team. So this is all going to be pretty new for him. I want to see how Ryman makes that transition. And if Ryman, because of his athletic profile and the traits that he offers, I think from that standpoint, Ryman is a better long-term option at left tackle. But from the short term, I think Matt Pryor is a better option right now, assuming that Ryman takes those next steps and is able to develop in the way that the team wants him to develop to develop. Yeah. In terms of strength wise, I just don't think Ryman right now is strong enough to go against these rushers this year. Like maybe if he came into last year, maybe it's a different story, but going into this man, I can't just, I can't say I believe in Ryman to go up against every single one of these rushers. He's going to face every single week I just well, and that's can't. why I think it's important to to see how he does in training camp versus probably like prior I'm I'm fine with prior right now like 
I'm fine with him. I, I'm not going to, I'm not sitting here calling, Hey, we need to absolutely replace him right now. He's never going to be the answer. I think that he, he can be the answer to start the season. It may be for the whole season, who knows, but I think Ryman has an opportunity. Again, he's 25 years old. He is a technician. A lot of times you'll see these guys that maybe don't necessarily fit the mold. I mean, look at Braden Smith over on the right side. He doesn't fit like your normal metrics for a right tackle. And yet he is developed and he's put on the strength. He's, he's able to do well enough over there to where he's probably a top 10, top 12 right tackle in the league, I'd say. Yep. Um, and so if Ryman can similarly be able to take those traits, those athletic traits that for the left tackle position is very important uh, to, to at least have the athletic traits because the guys that you're really worried about over there aren't necessarily those bull rushers, but are the speed ones to get around the edge. That's what Eric Fisher had a terrible trouble with last year was the speed rushers. That's what you've seen the Colts. I mean, once Anthony Costanza retired, then you had Eric Fisher. It was the speed rushers. Like he couldn't get his feet out. He couldn't get in front of those. Now with prior, I feel, I feel totally fine with him. I feel fine with Ryman there if he develops with Quentin Nelson next to him, because that's the other aspect you have to take into consideration is these guys you mentioned, there's some of them that are speed rushers. The guys that are bull rushers, I'm not as worried about because you've got Quentin Nelson there to be able to knock them off because quite honestly, you're not going to face a lot of defenses that will blitz up the middle as much Mm -hmm. um, when you have the, the interior of Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Danny Pinter, um, because all three of those are, are, I would argue that that's probably the best interior offensive line in the league um, right there with those three players. So I feel confident with any of those guys going one-on-one and being able to help out. Uh, same thing with Braden Smith on the right side. I feel confident with him going one-on-one. So you're able to help out that left tackle position if you have to. The other part about this, though, that that kind of makes the left tackle question less important, I, I would say, is Matt Ryan at quarterback is very different than Carson Wentz. Um, he is smart, and he will get that ball out quick. You saw this. You saw reporting Stephen Holder, um, Greg Doyle, uh, the, you know, Zach Kiefer, everybody, Joel Erickson, everybody, yeah, Jake Arthur, everybody was saying, hey, Matt Ryan is getting the ball out like lightning. He knows exactly where he's going. What that does and having a quarterback that is so familiar with the offense that knows exactly where he's going before the snap, that takes the pressure off the left tackle position because if you look at the time to throw, I, I want to say Matt Ryan's time to throw from snap to throw was like 2.74, 2.94 seconds. Carson Wentz was up over three seconds uh, on average last year. That makes a huge difference. That's the difference of the sack in Tampa Bay last year. That's the difference in so many turnovers that were caused last year is just the quarterback getting the ball out quickly. So I think regardless of who is there at the position, I think that Matt Pryor or Bernard Raymond, the Colts will be in good shape because of the quarterback they've got and the, the other offensive linemen they've got there to help support him. Right, right. I, ultimately, I care about who protects Matt Ryan the most. If you take maybe a little dip at the running game, I'm fine with that. I really don't care because, again, the rest of the line is great at blocking in the run game. So 
I, I just want whoever's going to protect Matt Ryan the most. If that's Ryman, cool, perfect, great, okay? I, I don't think he's going to hold up against these pass rushers, but, again, he is a very old rookie, so may, maybe his, his body is obviously a lot more matured than a 21-year-old walking into the, into the league would be. So well, that, that still remains to be seen, guys. We're going to be watching that matchup, that obviously that battle all camp long. I, I imagine they both are going to be getting preseason reps. I, I imagine both are. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure. You know, Frank Wright hasn't come out and said what a plan is for those two guys, if they're just going to work them out in practice, see how they look against Quiddy, against Yannick, Taekwon, all those other guys, or if they're going to put them out in a preseason game. Me personally, me personally, I would just figure it out in practice. You know, don't put them in a game. Don't risk both of your guys at, at, at that position. Just, just, just get them in practice and figure it, figure it out there. So, I think you'll have an answer by the second preseason game. Like, you you that's should. Be, I hope you do. That that's going to be your. It, nowadays, with only three preseason games, that second preseason game, that's going to be your barometer mark. That's when you're really going to know who the coaching staff likes. So that third preseason game, they're probably going to sit most people during that game. To be totally honest with you, I, I don't know whether the Col- the Colts have the third preseason game this year in their home schedule. I hope not for fan's sake um right uh, i think they do actually because they had the the extra home game last year um but that's that's what i'm saying is you're gonna know by the second preseason game and at at this point i think you trust the coaching staff in terms of the offensive side um and the offensive line code they've done some pretty tremendous job um strausser and that whole crew um, sorry, I just had a nap fly in my face. I, I don't know if you saw that randomly flapping hand there. Um, so I wasn't like getting super excited about anything, um, but yeah, so I think that that's, uh, going to be something that they are going to take a look at. Um, and, and we're going to get it figured out, but I think Matt Pryor is probably your bet to start here to start the season. Um, and then they're going to see how Bernard Raymond comes along and he might be somebody that over the course of the season, you try to slide him in there, but I think more likely than not, if Matt Pryor starts the season at left tackle, he's probably going to finish the season at left tackle because you want that continuity on the offensive line. You, you do want your best five, but at the same time, continuity is just as important because um, you have to be familiar with the guys that are around you. Hey, Matt Pryor's already got a head star. He already has that relationship built with Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith. We'll see yeah. how that. So pass. I guess I'm technically on that train then. Right. I guess I'm technically on the prior train right now, just because I don't know what Raymond's gonna do in camp. I'm sorry if y'all heard a loud noise just now. That's my dog. Uh, he was just flapping his ears, like shaking. I don't, I don't know why, but thanks for. <laughs> I didn't for, hear it. Right. Okay. All right. That that that's. So cool, I think though. I was talking over it. So this is perfect. That's okay. Like, perfect. You're, perfect. You're welcome. Perfect. Right. Thank you, Stephen, for the assist. Uh, obviously, we're going to be paying attention to what's going on behind these gentlemen. Obviously, the backup tackles are going to be battling it out. Dennis Kelly, uh, Brandon Camp, Jordan Murray, Carter O'Donnell, Jason Spriggs, Ryan Van DeMark. Uh, if you just had to take and we don't have to be on this at long at all, Stephen, but if you had to pick two or three guys out of that group that would uh, make the roster, who are you going with? Uh, Ryan Van DeMark, um, for sure. I think that he's a really talented um, left tackle prospect uh, out of UConn. Uh, he's a rookie undrafted free agent. Um, 
I thought he, there was a potential he could get drafted um, there. He meets all the athletic traits that Chris Ballard looks for. He had a very high RAS score, which is something that um, it's relative athletic score. Kenley Platt does all this stuff. I'm, I'm sure you guys have talked about it on past podcasts. Hey, Kenley um, Platt, friend of the show. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Hey, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked with Ken before too. So, Killer mustache uh, so like, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not seeing his face in forever. So that's fantastic. Um, so uh, yeah, Ryan Vandermark is the guy that I would, I would initially put on there. Uh, beyond that, like Carter O'Donnell, I thought that he was really talented, but he's been able to stick around on the roster for a while. And same thing with Dennis Kelly. Um, I think those are probably the three, if I were going to pick three, Jason Spriggs is interesting. He's a, I believe he's a former IU offensive tackle um, that's bounced around the league a little bit. Um, or Indiana University offensive tackle. I, I say this like everybody's from Indiana that's listening to this podcast. Um, but I, I'm not sure that he's he, he'd make that. So if I were going to pick three, I'm probably picking Kelly, O'Donnell, and Vandemark. Okay, that's actually interesting. I was going to go with Kelly, Spriggs, and Vandemark. I mean, at least we agree on Kelly and Vandemark. And, and again, I thought Vandemark probably would have gone in the sixth, seventh round of the draft and he didn't go. So I was like, Oh, okay. And then we got him. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually curious to see how much uh, Ballard signed him to, because obviously he was on draft free agent. He got to choose wherever he, he went. So I'm actually curious to see uh, how, how that actually went. So we're going to the guards. Obviously Danny Pinter is going to challenge for that right guard spot. I'm, I'm sure he's going to battle with probably whoever loses the left tackle position, uh, whether if it's Ryman or Pryor, whoever loses is probably going to slide over and battle it out for that right guard spot. But behind them, I really just see one guy, obviously Will Fries, uh, the other guy listed on the roster, Joe, Josh Seltzer. Um, probably not. Obviously, you got guys like Dennis Kelly and Spriggs, guys who are experienced who can obviously go in and out. You got Matt Pryor, again, if he doesn't win the job and if he actually doesn't end up winning the right guard job, hell, he can, or whether if he ends up winning the right guard job or Danny Pinsler doesn't, whoever the case may be, you still got a guy along with Will Fries who can plug in and out in um, probably about four spots on the offensive line, so I'm okay there. Now let's get into the running backs because obviously we know who the top guys are, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, are they going to keep three? Are they going to keep four? We do not know. The guys listed behind Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, because, again, we know they're making the roster, Deion Jackson, Phillip Lindsay, Devontae Price, C.J. Verdell, Tyson Williams. So those are the five guys that are going to be battling it, battling it out for running back three and potentially four. Um due to other needs on the roster and how you want to fill it. I think they're going to go with three this year, if I had to guess. But uh, real quick, Steven, uh, who do you see coming out of this uh, battle? Um, I, I think it's interesting because you've got guys that are that have bounced around. Tyson Williams, former Baltimore Raven, um, played well in spurts there in Baltimore. For whatever reason, Baltimore running backs always got injured. Um, so he you know, was able to play or play there a couple times um, and, and get some good game action, put on some good film. Philip Lindsay, I haven't seen Lindsay play in a while. 
Um, I think he's been bounced around for the past couple of years. So I'm not sure how much he's got left. Uh, former Denver running back played really well back in the day. I think the the leader in the clubhouse there though is Deion Jackson. I, he's got the experience uh, with the team. The Colts, I believe, signed him to one of the highest signing bonuses as an undrafted free agent when he came and when he was signed as an undrafted free agent a year and a half ago or two years ago um, or last year, whenever it was last year. Um, when he was a undrafted free agent, he got signed to the biggest contract or the biggest signing bonus for undrafted free agents. So I think that he'd be the one that they went ahead and take a shot on in terms of a running back three on this roster. I do agree with you though. I think they are going to keep three running backs rather than four. I think they're going to use that extra position uh, opportunity there for a wide receiver or tight end. See, I'm going to go with a wild card here. I'm actually going to go with Devontae Price. I'm going to go with him because I do think, uh, obviously, these running backs are good athletes, obviously, if they're playing running back. But I think with Price, he's a little bit more shiftier than I think Lindsey and Jackson are. I really love his ability to possibly even uh, catch the ball out of the backfield. I've just had eyes on Price, you know, since the draft. I wasn't sure if he got if he would get drafted or, or, or not, but when he was signed as an undrafted free agent, I, my, my eyes just blew up. They, I, I believe uh, Destin was even a, a fan of his game uh, before the draft, so I'm going to go with Price on this one. Now, obviously, these guys, Jackson, Lindsey, Price, Verdell, Williams, they're going to battle, battle it out. With Lindsey, again, I see a lot of predictions out there that are going with Lindsey. You know, he, he's the big name. He's the vet. He's, he's been there before. But obviously, running backs have the shortest shelf life of any position in the NFL. And I just don't think he's that guy anymore. I don't even think he's running back three on our team. But are, are we going to be wrong? We will definitely see about that. Another one that we are definitely going to get into, man. We're going to get into, let me see here. What about what about wide receiver? Let, let's talk a little bit more about the wide receiver spot because we obviously know Michael Pittman. This is his room now, okay? Uh, obviously, we're, we are in a fantasy league, and I got Michael Pittman. Obviously, guys, I was able to draft him. You can see the smile on my face. I was able to get him in the third round. Steven, did I st steal him from you? stole it from me, sniped me. I, I had taken in this fantasy draft, I had taken wide receivers in the, I was on the, at the turn at 12, which is like the worst possible position, I think. But Mike here is at 11. And I took two wide receivers in my first two picks, hoping that he sees that he's like, oh, he's not going to take another wide receiver here. So then he just like lets the wide receiver go to get him on the backside and, and takes a running back. No, nope, took him. I was going to take him. And that, that fourth round, I was going to take him to the top of the fourth. Um, and, but, yeah, it wasn't meant to be. It's my favorite. <laughs> hey, so. man, that's a pretty good fantasy draft. I know we're in there with, with a lot of Col <laughs> other Colt Media yeah. guys out there. Yeah. And obviously miss, obviously miss Taylor Tannenbaum, okay? But uh, <laughs> let's talk about wide receiver, man, because – Outside of Michael Pittman Jr., and again, this is probably why there is a lot of uh, bringing in a vet uh, talk for this room. There's a lot of uncertainty behind him. We, already, we obviously know Paris Campbell. 
hasn't really even had a chance to become a wide receiver that we who we think he is. We don't even know what kind of receiver he is yet because he just can't play consistently. Two freak, two freak accident injuries in in back to back years. Sorry, guys, I had to mute the mic because I had to sneeze real quick. But two back to back horrific injuries, freak accidents, not his fault kind of injuries that take him out for the year. And then you got Alec Pierce, who was a rookie. Obviously, you're not going to put the weight of the world on his shoulders. You got Mike Strawn, who is injured right now. Like for a guy like Mike Strawn, the last thing you want to be is injured right now. That's the last thing you want to do, especially with everybody else getting snaps in training camp, putting on more film for the coaches. So you got Mike Strawn. You got Desmond Patman. Desmond Patman is the guy that I'm kind of ready to to see now because two years of development, uh, he was on the practice squad the first year, and then obviously the second year he made the roster. He was healthy uh, scratches for majority of the year, but obviously we remember that game against Arizona. The one catch of the year was the biggest biggest catch of his life in the back of the end zone. It was like the biggest play of Carson Wentz's career as a Colt. <laughs> Very absolutely. All right. I didn't think Carson Wentz would be mentioned on the show, but he did make an appearance. So well. Desmond Patman is the guy that I'm ready to see uh, play a little bit more. Then you got Michael Young, the rookie, undrafted rookie out of uh, Cincinnati. Man, we just became the Cincinnati Colts, man. We got Pierce. We got Brooks. We got Young, man. We just love the guys that go to the playoffs, man, because obviously we didn't last year. So – we got to bring guys with playoff experience, right? Yeah, that's I, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm over here silently chuckling because I was like, that's a that's a good one. That's, <laughs> that's a, I, I'm a dad, so like, I, I sit there and I will just go, "Well done." That was, right. that was pretty good. That was pretty good. You got uh, Kiki Kuti. You got Demichael Harris. Still, I uh, still love got love for my guy Demichael Harris, and then newly signed Isaiah Ford. All right. Obviously, he's got the big uh, fan in Zach Hicks over there at SB. But my my thing is, man, you obviously have Ashton Doolin right now, man. Would you be mad if I said Ashton Doolin was wide receiver, too? That I think he's wide receiver, too? Uh, I would disagree with you because I I think it's Pierce, honestly. I I think Pierce is wide receiver, too. I um, think you could. I but think you I would could go say with It's probably wide receiver three. Like okay, I, I, and I'm I fine with that. I'm fine with that yeah. because obviously wide receiver one, two, and three will not play special teams. So if Doolin is wide receiver three, you got to find somebody else to play that. Um, That's a tough spot right there. Damn, like, that is literally a gunner. You you got to find somebody yeah. else to play the gunner position. Yeah. So behind this, at some point, th- this is what confuses me about Ballard's approach. And I don't have too many questions, but this is one thing. After the season, he gets asked about the wide receiver spot. Oh, I like the room and everything. I I, I like the room. I like what we can do after the draft. Oh, we got Michael Young. We got Alec Pierce. I still like the room, not signing anybody. But you keep talking to other vets. Why not just let these dudes play? You spent draft picks on them. Let them play. You can't know what they are if you don't put them on the field. Don't do it in seven on seven. Seven on seven barely tells you anything. All it shows is that these guys are athletic and can catch a ball. That's it. 
When you put full 11 on 11 out there, you see it, it's just the difference is night and day, okay? You spent draft picks, Desmond Patman, Alec Pierce, Mike Strawn. You you have Kiki Kuti, who you signed last year. You have the, these guys like DeMichael Harris. You have a guy like Ashton Doolin. How are they supposed to develop and get better if they have a guy who's coming in as a vet who probably isn't even doing any more than them stealing their snaps? Then me personally, I, I just don't get it because if we're truly being honest, what does T.Y. T.Y. Hilton do for this team that Alec Pierce isn't going to do, that Mike Strong Wait, isn't going to do? This was a T.Y. conversation? I I'm no not idea. trying. Hey, <laughs> I'm just saying because of the vet wide receiver conversation, like – like, like, yeah, and I, I and I get you. it I if you, you want to go bring one in. I, I, I get it. I, I truly do. But my preference is give these guys some playing time. Let them play. You get better by being on the field. Mental reps on the sideline only do so much. You got to get your ass out on that field and play. Get your hands dirty a little bit. Ballard, you sit here and say you like where the room is. You like where it stands. Prove it. Stand by your word. Put your name to it. Don't just say one thing and go out the front door instead of going out the back. Like, come on, man. That's my biggest thing. I want to see Strong because right now he's injured, but obviously you had to save him on the roster last year because you didn't want him getting signed off the practice squad because obviously, hell, he was interviewed on NFL Network. He was making plays, obviously, last year in the uh, – I think you played the Lions in your first – or the Panthers in your first preseason game. Easton hit Strawn downfield for a huge catch. You saw his ability. So you wasted – not wasted, but you saved a roster spot for him to basically, you know, stash him. And you made him a healthy scratch. So now coming into here, okay, we spent a roster spot on you. Now let's see what you can do. Not, we spent a roster spot on you last year, so let's continue to stash you and not play you and not develop you, and let's just give your snaps to somebody else. With Desmond Patman, he's been here two years now, going into year three, stashed practice squad first year, second year, healthy scratch all the way, except for a couple games, and then now you had to have developed something by now, man. You had to. You, you've had to. You've been working with Michael Pittman. You're basically his best friend on the team. And if you don't know that, like, I don't know what team you're watching or what you've been keeping up with, but Michael Pittman and Desmond Patman are very, very close. They've worked yeah. together a lot in the past couple of you all see them play golf together against yes. uh, been Justin Herbert, I believe, yes. or Zach Wilson, maybe both of them. Yeah. Um, and then you have – They work together all the time. Yeah. And then you have a vet like Kiki Kuti, who for a guy like him, I think he, he's got a legit shot to make this roster because you, you always have room for a speedy guy on your roster. Now, maybe you already have that in Paris Campbell and Ashton Doolin because Ashton Doolin is fast. Kiki Kuti can also come in here and make plays. Why can't he not? He was fast at Texas Tech, and I'm a Big 12 fan. I saw Kiki Kuti. Dude is fast. You got DeMichael Harris, Michael Young. Michael Young is probably probably a guy that uh, goes to the practice squad year practice one. Squad the Colts do like him. So where are you at with this wide receiver core? Because obviously we're not going to talk about Pittman. 
Pierce, Doolin, Campbell, because we, we we think those four are pretty safe unless Campbell just absolutely wets the bed. Doolin wets the bed and they just miss out. But where are you at with these specific guys and what's looking like wide receiver five and six? Who, who, who do you see coming out on top for those two spots? So I think Strawn is, is a guy that I, I think off the top of my head is a guy I think should make it as a five. Um, the sixth one is going to be interesting. I think that it's going to, like, it's going to be either Kiki Cootie or Michael Harris because of the style of offense that Frank Reich likes to run. Um, he likes to have those options to run guys in like jet sweeps, things like that. Um, it seems like he's not as big of a fan of running Paris Campbell in those situations. Um, but you've seen him do that with Michael Harris and key um, and, players that are in that similar style um, uh, of smaller, shiftier, faster players. Um, that's why I think Michael Young is an interesting candidate. That's why I, I nodded my head and said, yeah, he's definitely a practice squad guy because they want to try to keep him around. I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of sneak onto the roster um, either because he's, he's a really solid player um, down there. And he's one of those guys where, um, you know, it's kind of like Zach Pascal in terms of doing the dirty work. Um, Michael Young is a guy down at Cincinnati that would do all the things, all the little things. Um, and so that's a guy that I think could be able to stick on this roster uh, as that wide receiver six. Um, and then uh, I, I totally agree with you in terms of the, the bringing in a veteran wide receiver aspect of it, because we talk about TY and TY is the one that makes the most logical sense in terms of how they're talking. The fact that Chris Ballard brought him up unprompted when talking about the wide receiver room in his press conference yesterday. Uh, I think TY bringing him back in terms of the wide receiver room itself does them a disservice um, because I do think that they need an opportunity to get those real action, like live snaps in a game. And T.Y., it's just, I'm sure that there's still something there for him, but his talent level is so diminished that do you take 100% of Michael Young or do you take 70% of T.Y.? Um, and knowing that T.Y. doesn't help you on special teams at right. all. Because um, he, that, that's ultimately he's not what playing special teams. Yeah, he's not playing teams. Like, you've got to get a guy in that's going to be able to play teams and that's a rookie. That's a second-year guy. That's a guy that's scratching and clawing to make this roster, not a guy that one, – one thing I'm going to throw out, I'm just going to drop a bomb in this conversation really quick, but one move that I would really love for the Colts to make is to trade for Jalen Rager with the Philadelphia Eagles because he is a guy that seems like he is on his way out, out there in terms of – like this, I don't have any sources, anything like that, but he's a guy that seems like he is on his way out at Philadelphia. They seem like they're trying to move on from him in terms of, oh, I'm aware. That's why I said I'm going to drop a bomb in this conversation because I understand how big of a TCU guys, fan you are. Guys, if um, you're looking on YouTube, look what I have. Look what I have. Are you serious right now? And he mentioned, if if you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I'm holding a miniature TCU helmet. Like, (laughs) 
I, I, I am so I want to engage in this conversation so bad, Stephen. I'm going to let you finish your point. Unfortunately, Mike has passed out. Um, and he's just overjoyed with the fact that I even brought that up in the conversation. Um, I think Jalen Rager would be a really interesting piece because I talked about to Michael Harris. I talked about Michael Young. Jalen Rager is a very fast wide receiver. He's shifty. He's able to get him in space. He can make a guy miss and he's gone. Um, so I think that's a guy that quite honestly, if you're looking for somebody that, that could come in and, and use that fresh start, um, I think this would be a perfect opportunity for the Colts to potentially take a swing on a value in Jalen Rager. Because like I said, the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles seem like they're trying to push him out. Like right now, he's probably wide receiver five on the roster. Um, former first round pick, speed for days, athletic traits is a guy that I thought they might look at in the draft when that when his draft came around a couple of years ago. Um, so that's a guy I think might be an option if Howie Roseman is interested in trading him. Um, oh, if we're Lord. just looking at guys on the roster right now, I think that Michael Young could be a surprise wide receiver six on this roster because I think that he does everything and can play teams. I would love it if they made that little trade there for uh, Jalen Rager because I think that he's oh. got a ton of potential. Um, you guys can't see this on YouTube, but Mike's actually started taking off his clothes. No, I'm just joking. He hasn't done that. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, what? I'm just, playing. <laughs> I'm just playing with you guys. Don't. This isn't happening. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm really – I think that that could be an option. It makes a lot of sense. Um, in terms of the Colts needing a wide receiver that's specifically a speed wide receiver that can stay healthy. Chris Ballard likes that hard, dirty speed. Jalen Rager offers that. He wasn't given an opportunity as much in Philadelphia. I think getting him with a, an accurate quarterback like Matt Ryan would be a huge boost to his potential and would give him an opportunity to, to really kind of show out to what his first-round talent is. Um, so – so just more this entire conversation more colts and eagles <laughs> trades more colts and eagles trades They've just like six times like, like okay so the it was Wentz, and then it was prior now we're gonna go after regular man, chris ballard loves himself some tcu players man i gotta tell you um on jalen rager man i i do agree that you know in the same could probably go for Devonte smith this year it could go for aj brown they AJ Brown is going to see a dip in his fantasy value and in his stats because quite frankly, Jalen hurts just sucks. Okay. I'll, I'll just well, keep it. And uh, remember Philadelphia just signed Zach Pascal who Nick Sirianni loves. Yes. Um, yes. Over there. And so so like, those, those are snaps. Jalen Rager is dropped. Like you've got AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, Zach Pascal, right. there are already up. Uh, Quez Watkins as well. They're deep. Quez Watkins. That's right. So that's why I was saying like Jalen Rager right now is probably your wide receiver five. Yeah. So to start, so they might and it's, make a move on him. That's a lot of that's a lot of options for a guy who doesn't really throw the ball very well. So that that's very weird to me. But I mean, his whole career it's been Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts. Like, dude, come on. Like, you need structure. You need something with talent. You need development again, too. So would I be open to that? I absolutely would. Trust me, I I, I would. I, I really would because he's still talented. Hell, he was triple jump state champion in the state of Texas. Do you know what kind of That's really hard, athlete? By the way. 
You know how many freaking athletes come out of Texas and he was triple jump state champion? Come on, man. Like, he he is an a- athlete. He has the afterburners. Um, some of his problems have been drops. That wasn't necessarily an issue at TCU. So it's kind of weird that those drops kind of started popping up in the NFL. Uh, you know, are, are they holding him accountable enough? I, I have no idea what's going on in Philadelphia, but would he help out? I'll here? tell you I, this. I, I think he would. When it comes to drops, when you are uncertain where that ball is going to be, it makes you think more than you should. And so having two relatively inaccurate quarterbacks, and then Jalen Hurts, just frankly, inaccurate quarterback, to throw you the ball, you're constantly trying to figure out where that ball is going to be versus knowing where that ball is going to be. That was the difference with, with Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees. You knew ball was here. Boom. You just put your hands out. It was there. Versus these other guys, you have to track. And I understand as an NFL wide receiver, you should be able to do that. But yes, you should be able to do that. But you're also knowing that you're about to get crushed a lot of times. Like that's why Michael Pittman last year, I, I think had had a he had a good season, but he could have done so much more. Because if you watch his film, how often was he going up to get a ball? then coming down and immediately getting hammered or having to pull back and come back across his body to get a ball and having to break stride. <laughs> hey, man, like, we do not have to revisit game. what Michael Pittman could have done because thinking about Carson Wentz overthrowing Michael Pittman when he beat J.C. Jackson one-on-one on the outside <laughs> still pisses me off to this day. To this yeah. day, Deontay Wilder edition, okay? To this day, okay, I'm not even gonna try and do all that and destroy everybody's go for it. But yeah, yeah, I just go for it. You know, it's your I, own podcast, when I, right? <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people would be upset with me if I did that. I, I think the two guys that I'll go with are gonna be Strawn and, and Patman because I mean, you, you drafted them, you talked highly of them, you you gave these guys roster spots last year. They got they, they's got to account for something, man. They have to. If you're not going to go and sign and get and change your philosophy in free agency, if you're not going to go sign one, then develop some. J- just do that. Like, stop. My question then is into, who's going to be on teams? My Yes. Like, wh- why do we keep playing this game? Draft picks. Oh, we're banking on development. We're ba- Oh, let's just go with a vet. Come on, man. Like, I want at least a little bit of a change to an approach. Because obviously, I think that is needed with Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard. So I, I see it both ways. If you want to go get a vet, I won't be mad at it. I won't be mad at Ty. I, I won't. I just don't see what he offers more than Patman Kuti. I, I, I just don't see it talent wise. I just don't see what he offers more. But what I do see from what who offers is manscape cross discomfort. Hurting your game, fear no more. The kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Sleek, soft, comfortable, and flexible. The brand new Boxers 2.0 from Manscaped. Take your package to the Royal Ball Throne. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the Lawnmower 4.0 for the trimming so you can wear the Boxers 2.0 for the chilling. They even trademarked 
the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your package breathe and get 20% off plus free shipping by using our code BSTABLE20 at manscaped.com. Again, guys, just to give you a little bit of a preview, if you want to change up, you know, the shampoo, the body wash that you use, guys, these products here again, shout out Manscaped. They sent these over. These are pretty good. Steven, you need to get on these as well. Obviously, if you're going to be part of the Blue Stable family, you you guys got to get these. this one is the body wash. It's kind of a I'm not sure if you could hear that, but it's a it's a strong can. Obviously, it's a good brand. I use it. Obviously, I got the shirt. I use their products. They're a lot better. This is the shampoo conditioner. These these products are really good, guys. They they surprised me at how good they actually were when I tried them. Because again, I, I wasn't that big as a manscape. I've, I've, I've tried it before, but then I gave it a second try. They upped their game a lot. And I now, now I use it. I went from, uh, nah, I'm out to now I use it. That is a transition. Go to manscape.com and use be stable 20 to get 20% off plus free shipping. It don't get better than that. So, Back to this conversation about these position battles, obviously with the wide receivers. We went with, uh, I went with Strawn, I went with Patman, you went with Strawn, and then you went with Kuti, right? Yeah. Well, I think I'm probably going to switch it over to Michael Young and take the uh, undrafted free agent. Hey, so Strawn and, okay. and Young. Yeah. Okay. I like but it. I, just, I, like, I it. like the fact that he goes on teams and, and will do it all. I like it. Okay, switch it up a little bit. Let's go ahead and head over to uh let's go to the corner, the corner room. Obviously, we know that's figured out. Stefan Gilmore, Kenny Moore, you got uh Isaiah Rogers, and then I, I guess I can add him into the safe category. Uh Brandon Fassion. I, I guess I can yeah. add him oh, there. He's, he's safe, a, by the way. He's, a, he's yeah. a solid vet. Solid vet. But when you go to corners five and six. That's where it kind of becomes a mystery, and I mean a mystery, okay? So here are the guys that are going to be battling that out, okay? Anthony Chesley, Marcel Dabo, obviously, who came uh, from overseas. You got Marvell Tell. Colt's great, Marvell Tell. Uh, obviously, Rashad's going to enjoy that one fight on USC. And then you got the uh, seventh-round pick out of Yale, Rodney Thomas the second. Now this is a position where obviously it's going to matter how they perform on teams in a uh, preseason. Cause all these guys are going to get run, especially if Doolin ends up getting wide receiver two or three snaps. Are they going to try either these guys out at gunner? Are they going to be a sprinter down the field to make a tackle on special teams? Who knows? But just talking about their talent as a corner, the one that, and, and I'll start it off right here, man. The one that I'm intrigued the most by is, of course, I've said it on this show already, Ronnie Tom, Rodney Thomas II. Look, I get that he is raw. I get that he comes from Yale. I get that, you know, he didn't face the greatest competition at Yale. But watching him, what, going back and watching his film, because obviously I didn't know too much about him when, when he was drafted. I go and watch film. And he reminded me, I'm not comparing him to this player, but he reminded me of when I discovered Jeremy Chen. Now, obviously, Jeremy Chen became a huge name later on in the draft process, but this was still in the season when I discovered him at, um, at, at uh, Northern Illinois. This is in, during the season when I discovered him. 
He's a guy that you know is the best player on that defense. He is a guy that is making plays. He's all over the field. He is attentive. He knows where to go. He is a leader on that defense. Rodney Thomas, his his athletic traits are so good. He is an athlete. He has a great build. I think he's got dog in him to be able to be special teams and then, if needed, put in some snaps at corner. You know, Destin and Rashad, they they discussed here that, you know, he's raw, he's going to need some time, might need to go to the practice squad and just put in some reps for scout team. I don't think that's the case, especially when it's wide open at five and six. If he can just find a role on special teams, he's going to make this roster, regardless of how raw he is at the position at corner. If he gets special team reps, he's making this roster. He is a guy that I am high on. I'm not saying he's going to be a starter. I'm not saying he's going to be all, all this and that. He's a guy that I am intrigued by and that I like a lot. Again, he's not listed specifically on the Colts website as a safety or a corner. He's listed as a DB, but from everything that I've been told, the expectation is he is going to be getting snaps at corner. So I have him in this, um, in this conversation right now, Steven, wh- where are you looking at? Because five and six, again, there, there's not the biggest names, obviously Marvell tell who, uh, who ended up missing. What was it? The 2020 year because of COVID, yeah. he was one of those guys that, you he know, opted opted to, he opted out. So now he's back. Where do you see this competition going a little bit for that last five and six? So I'll be honest, you and I, prior to this conversation that we're having right now, we did not talk about this. When you gave me this list, Rodney Thomas was the only one that was like, all right, that's the guy that I'm keeping on the roster as my, my five. Um, after that, it's honestly a toss up. Um, there, there's a bunch of guys that they've got on the roster. Anthony Chesley is a guy that they brought up last year that played well in spurts again you, this this cornerback six you're hoping he never sees a defensive snap that's ultimately what it is what you're looking for in this cornerback six is a guy that will come in and play teams run down the field make a hit make a tackle that's that's good in space um ronnie thomas is a guy that i think uh, you i mean you went over him all about him. I think he's a fantastic player. I think that he's going to end up being on this roster. I think he's going to carve himself out a role um, specifically on teams um, because I I think that he's got that type of mentality to himself um, and he could end up becoming a a depth safety in in year two, year three. I think he makes this roster though as a teams player um, and and for coverage uh, special teams and, and, kick and, and punt coverage in terms of the the sixth spot I really am not sure um Marcel Dabo is an interesting guy um he's the out of the international transfer portal um the Colts the uh, AFC South is the team that gets the roster exemption this year for him um so he does not count against their 90-man roster um he's a guy that they were really excited about getting him they wanted him and the fact that they were assigned him made it even better for them. I think he's going to get an opportunity um, to be able to make this roster because I think that they're trying to I mean, shoot. The NFL is always trying to expand into Europe. If you get guys like Stuttgart, so I believe that's Germany that gets you at least an opportunity to get into that fan base. The NFL is very prescient about that. 
they they're very conscious about that. They want to be able to get into other avenues. I think that gives them an opportunity. I'm not sure in terms of who else is going to make the roster outside of, I'm pretty confident in Rodney Thomas. Um, but if you're going to toss out, a, if I'm going to toss out a name that I feel probably most confident, it's probably Chesley just because he's got the experience from last year. I'm not that confident about Marvell Tell making this roster um, because they didn't keep him last year. Um, he was a guy that had every opportunity. A lot of the guys that took, that opted out didn't make it back um, on NFL rosters. So that's another guy that I think that might have a little bit of an issue. Uh, but yeah, I'd probably say Rodney Thomas is my, my CB five. Um, Anthony Chesley right now is probably my, my cornerback six. Um, and then, but keep an eye out for Marcel Dabo. I think that he he's got an opportunity. Yeah, I think Anthony Chesley is the one that I'm going to go with as well, because like you said, the experience that he had on the roster last year, uh, obviously it's going to be a, it's going to be, you know, a, um, uh, defensive scheme switch. So a lot of this is going to be about like, how do these corners perform being on an Island? Because we know that's what, um, that's what Gus Bradley's scheme is, is a little bit for these corners. Can they do that? That's why you go and get a Stephon Gilmore who's proven to be able to do that. And, you know, you bring over Brandon Fassion who's played in the system for a while. So who, who is better at, you know, being on that Island who puts up a better fight. And again, who uh, performs better on special teams because Colts value special teams a lot, probably more than 90% of this league. But again, as you saw in the NFC playoff game against the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers, special teams matters. So we'll see. We'll see how this, uh, these position battles goes, guys, because I am, I mean, the more and more I watch Rodney Thomas, the more and more I keep, and I tweeted this out, the more and more I keep telling myself, this is a guy that makes the roster. This is just a guy that makes the roster. I don't care how raw he is, how young he is, how inexperienced, whatever the case may be. I, I, I just see something like, like this is a guy that I just see something in. I see something. A, in he guy. reminds me of um, Matthew Slater. I, I think is his name, the special teams ace out of new England. Mm -hmm. um, somebody that is just, he's a glue guy. He just sticks. Like he's, he always finds a way to get it done. He, he's able to just do whatever you ask him to yeah. do. And, I, and I'm not That's, saying that Rodney Thomas, I see him as like a starting corner or a star in the league. I'm not saying that. No, I'm saying I see something at an early stage in his career that will help him make the roster and make a little bit of a difference, whether if it's special teams or in the corner room. Mm -hmm. and, and quite honestly, the Colts value special teams. So like, even if he is special teams or special teamer, being a special teams ace isn't that bad. You still get health insurance. You can still get paid a whole lot of money. Um, like if, if that's all he does, that's awesome. Because one of the reasons why the Colts won several games last year was because of teams. And so you always want to have those athletes, those players that are available to play on special teams and that are able to make a, a make good work of it. And this is a guy that, is blue collar, hard nose. He's going to go in. He's smart. He's able to make plays. Um, he's able to tackle in space. So I'd feel really confident about him making that roster 
as a special teams ace and then potentially working his way to be a backup safety, but focusing primarily on teams. And that's okay. So for you personally, are you starting Isaiah Rogers or Brandon Fassion as the uh, number two outside corner? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I'll be interested to see how Fassion, I initially leaned him. Um, it, like when you initially asked that question, that was where my mind went just because of his experience uh, with Gus Bradley's systems uh, and able to play it. But I really like how Isaiah Rogers has developed. So even though my initial gut said uh, fashion, I, I'm going to get his name wrong. I'm just going to butcher <laughs> it consistently. Um, so I'm sorry, Zach. Um, I know that your Virginia Tech love um, being out here, it's it runs deep. Um, but I think I'm probably going to – I would – I would feel comfortable with either. I think I would probably feel more comfortable with Rogers given what I've seen of him be able to play man over the course of the past couple of years. Um, Cause you see him every once in a while be put in a man situation. And I feel very confident at his ability to turn and run with guys. Just, I mean, he's, he might be the fastest player on this roster. Um, Isaiah Rogers. And, and he showed and that in the, uh, in the playoff game against the Fon Diggs. He did. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's crazy fast. He can, he can play. And so I, I feel like Isaiah Rogers is probably going to be my cornerback too after like getting a chance to actually think about it and talk about it out loud. Um, obviously, Gilmore is your, your one. Rogers, I think, is your two. Kenny's your slot, obviously. And then Fashion's um, probably your, your dime. Okay. Nickel dime. I mean, that was, that was interesting. Quite honestly, guys, like, as you all know now, you're, you're probably all familiar with football. Most defenses are playing nickel and dime coverage. Yep. Right. So you're usually playing with five or six DBs. And so these guys are going to see the field. You want to have six, six quality corners if you can. Hey, man, everybody wants to throw it all over the field. Got to have the DBs to be able to stop it. So that, that's, just, that's just how it goes. Um, another position that I want to get to, and guys, uh, we, we have linebackers, and we're going to get into the defensive line. That's going to close it out uh, for, for the show. But for the linebackers, we already know uh, Shaquille Leonard, we have Bobby Okereke, we have EJ Speed, and we have Zaire Franklin. First off, I do want to start off by saying I, I am ready to see, uh, depending on how Gus Bradley and Richard Smith, you know, how they <clears throat> juggle the playing time. I, I don't know how that's going to go. But I am curious to see if EJ Speed can get a little bit more run because I, I really like him. I really like what he showed in the Arizona game last year. Like he's just a gadget type of a player and a typical Chris Ballard type linebacker, similar build to Darius Leonard, long arms, insane Uber athlete. Uh, I'm ready to see uh, if he can take another step forward this coming year. But getting into the potential linebacker five or linebacker six. Now, I don't know if they're going to keep six linebackers, but uh, you know, getting into this spot of the fifth linebacker, you know, I think we're just going to focus on the fifth linebacker. How about that? Uh, I think there's going to be other spots in the DB room, of course, like we just said, you want plenty of depth there, so you're probably going to keep more, so you might have to shave that sixth linebacker spot off. 
the guys that are going to be uh that are going to be battling it out for that position, they're going to be Jojo Doman, Sterling Weatherford, and then Forrest Ryan. These are going to be guys who are, first of all, all rookies, by the way, all, all rookies. So you're going to have somebody that's going to come in and play special teams. I have heard, and I'm pretty sure you have too, Stephen, the Colts love what they saw in JoJo Doman. They they really, really liked what they saw. Sterling Weatherford also turned some heads as well. If I had to guess, if I had to just say, you know what, my gut feeling says the Colts go with this guy on cut day, I say they go with JoJo Doman. I, I, I do want to see Sterling Weatherford uh, get a little bit more run. And again, we'll see in pre preseason how these guys play. We'll see in, uh, you know, with the special teams, what type of role they carve out for, for one another. But I, I, I am going to go with Jojo Doman on this one. So I think this is a really interesting talking point here um, with the linebacker situation. Um, I am I am not necessarily locked in Desire Franklin on this roster. And that's going to be a controversial take. Um, for me personally, I'd rather they keep Jojo Doman and Sterling Weatherford um, rather than keep Zaire Franklin. Uh, because Zaire is great. He's done well. But his primary, uh, where he's contributed the most, has been special teams. Like I mentioned before, like I mentioned in the last segment, um, majority of teams play nickel dime coverage. That means you pull a linebacker off the field. So having that strong side linebacker that normally would be that Zaire Franklin, that's not as necessary. Um, now it might be a little bit different in Gus Bradley's defense. Um, I'm not as familiar with how he likes his linebackers. Um, I, I will say that if, if, we're saying that Zaire Franklin is on this roster in a lock is a lock then. And the pick is between Jojo Doman and Sterling Weatherford. I'm actually going to be team Weatherford in this one. I think that he offers a little bit more versatility. He also played safety at, at Miami of Ohio. So that gives him some, some versatility there to play him back side. And normally um, when you've got guys that are long lean, like, like Weatherford is that's, that's Chris Ballard's body type right there. Like Jojo Doman, I, he's one of those guys that's like a bulldog. Um, he's he's going to get in there. He's going to make a play. He's going to hit you, everything like that. He's, he's 6'1", 230. Sterling Weatherford is 6'4", 225. He's, it's almost a really similar. He's a, a taller, like, I don't know if he's a longer version of Shaq Leonard, which is going to be a hard sell. I don't know what his arm length is compared to, to Shaq Leonard, which is really hard for me to say right now because it's, uh, I, I just don't – it's going to be uncomfortable for me to not call him Darius. Um, but Sterling Weatherford, I think, offers a little bit more opportunity. I think either JoJo or Sterling, those are those are the two options for me, to be honest. If we're going that linebacker five, we're only keeping five. Um, those are the two that I would I would be deciding between. I leave Weatherford just because of the versatility aspect of him and what he offers in coverage. Um, versus JoJo, I think, would actually be an opportunity to take Franklin's role um, there. So no Forrest Ryan love? Uh, no, I mean, he made a good play today um, in camp. And 
this all could change. Like, remember, guys, this is day one, day one of training camp. This could all change as we go along. And as we see, guys, as the lights turn on, they're going against um, – if you, you look at the guys, the only one that, that consistently went up against top-level competition was JoJo um, there at Nebraska. The other two guys, um, Ryan was at, I think, Villanova. Uh, Weatherford, I mentioned, was Miami of Ohio. Uh, so both of those guys played lower-level competitions. Who knows? Maybe when the lights turn on, when they go up against these faster guys on offense, it might have a little bit of an issue. Um, but in terms of just pure traits and, and what, I, what I saw in film, like doing the college stuff i i really like sterling weatherford hey that's a good conversation guys who do you guys think if the colts just keep five linebackers who do you guys think they keep whether it's jojo doman sterling weatherford forrest ryan you guys comment down below of who you think is going to be the winner and in fact just give us a comment of who you think is going to be the winner of all these positions that we've talked about today. And the last one uh, that we're going to go, we'll technically it's a two-parter. Let's go with the interior defensive line because that one after DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, and Odio Odengbo, you really don't know what's going on after that position. And you definitely need some depth because, again, Chris Ballard loves to have guys. He loves to have a lot of guys, and maybe they're keeping 10 defensive linemen on the roster this year. I have no idea, but let's talk about it. So you, obviously you got Buckner, Stewart, Odangbo, but after that you got Curtis Brooks, you got Byron Coart, you got Eric Johnson the second, and R.J. McIntosh. I am curious to see how this turns because honestly – for the interior, I actually have – I wouldn't say it's necessarily a hot take, but I think Eric Johnson is going to go on the practice squad this year. I don't think R.J. McIntosh and Byron Coart are going to make the roster. I think Curtis Brooks, in terms of, you know, I basically separated everybody on who the Colts had under which position, basically. So out of Curtis Brooks, Coart, Johnson the second, the rookie – and R.J. McIntosh, who they signed in the offseason. I only see Curtis Brooks making the roster because I think he's a little bit more of Nate Ollie and Bradley, uh, Gus Bradley's more type of defensive tackle. Everyone else, you know, they're kind of, you know, I, I don't get enough from them. But Brooks is a guy who, again, he did a lot of stuff for that Cincinnati Bearcats defense. He was almost the heart and soul. He did a lot in terms of pass rushing. I only see this one guy making it. And, and of course, you don't need to have a lot of guys from this position of Brooks, Coart, Johnson the second, and McIntosh coming in because you still have guys like Tyquan Lewis who can come in and out. You have Odangbo who can sub out with uh, Stewart on passing downs, pass rush downs. So I... I that's where I'm leaning. Basically, Brooks is the only guy in terms of death who makes it out of this group. Steven, where are you uh, thinking this this position battle goes? Now, I, I believe Chris Ballard in the past has typically kept more defensive linemen than almost any other position group. Um, so I'm going to go under the assumption they are going to keep five defensive tackles, five defensive ends. Um, because that's or right about there. 
Um, so I think that you've obviously got your, your DeForest Grover um, and uh, Odangbo, they, the Colts have him listed as a defensive end. Um, I'm not really going to quarrel with that because they slide, slide him down to defensive tackle quite a bit. Um, but I think Curtis Brooks is a no-brainer for everything you said. Um, he was the heart of that Cincinnati defense. I, like you mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast, uh, that the Colts need guys that play off experience. Curtis Brooks has that, um, and more so than a lot of the other players on the Colts roster, um, sadly. But the other guy that I think – I think Eric Johnson also is a guy that will end up making this roster um, in terms of making it straight away. I think Chris Williams is an interesting player to look out for. Um, the, the defensive tackle out of Wagner, I think he's going to be a guy that they try to, that they stash in the practice squad. RJ McIntosh is, is interesting because I actually scouted him uh, back when the, the Stampede Blue, we did a draft guy, and then RJ McIntosh was a guy that I actually really liked um, for Chris Ballard. Um, he ended up being drafted, I want to say, by the New York Giants, um, something like that. Um, but he, he got drafted to a team that didn't use him very well. Um, but he's a guy that has got that explosion, is long. Um, so he, it would give him an opportunity. Uh, I don't think he makes this roster, though. I think I'm with you in terms of By, um, Byron Keller and, and RJ McIntosh. I don't think they make this roster. I think they keep four defensive tackles right there. I'm not counting Dio in that, that group because I think he's like a tweener uh, uh, there. Um, but I think it's DeForest, Curtis Brooks, um, Grover Stewart and then uh, Eric Johnson. I, I just see these guys having such unique skill sets that really fit Gus Bradley's defense. And at the time of the draft, they had already hired Gus Bradley. So they were going for Nate Ollie in terms of the defensive line coach and Gus Bradley's defense. So that's those are the four guys that I think that I, I would I would keep on this. So roster. Real quick, I'm, I'm, yeah. Chris Williams, he's not listed on the Colts website. I uh, I'm on the Colts website on their roster right now because I'm I'm seeing it right now and I'm at the bottom and there's no Chris Williams here. Uh, Maybe just got cut. Sorry, dude. Dang, oh. damn! No. I think we're getting breaking I, news right now. Chris Williams. Is man, I don't cut. know. I don't know. Okay, so no, I completely I, I, forgot. I like, I I, I didn't even see his name, so I didn't even have. Roster. I didn't even see. Chris Williams's name on, you know, their list. So I completely forgot, like, it's a 90-man roster. I have to go back to the roster and look. I completely forgot about Chris Williams, man. I completely forgot. So I got to actually put him in this discussion because I think what he showed you, what he showed you last, and I just went to Google and looked him up. It says he is a defensive tackle for the Indianapolis Colts. So who's lying, Google or the Colts? Who? Which one is? is uh, see, but. I've got the Colts roster up from their website from like I refreshed it a little bit ago, so I don't know. Colts, get your shit signed. together, okay? They still uh, have Darius Leonard. It's not Shaq Leonard. Oh, that's a problem. Let's go. That's a problem. Talk to JJ. All right, talk here to, we go. Uh, so, so with Chris, okay. So let me bring Chris back into this discussion because I completely I didn't see his name, so I, it didn't even click in my mind. He showed some good things last preseason, right? He showed some good ability to rush up the middle. I'm actually going to say Chris Williams makes the roster over Eric Johnson because, like you said, if they're going to keep five or so, five 
uh, inside, five outside. I'm going to say they do Buckner, Stewart, Odangbo, Brooks, and Williams. Those guys, I think just the ability to be able to be good in the run stopping, but also do something in the pass rush department. That's going to be interesting as well. I completely forgot about Chris Williams, man. Oh, no worries. That's why I'm here. I cover for other things that go on, like dog flap ears, and then uh, bring up Chris Williams. That's that's really all I'm here for, um, is to cover and brings up some things. Um, yeah, I think that he, okay. I think Chris Williams is a guy that's that that roster tweener though that that could make it, could not. I think it's going to be between him and Eric Johnson. All right, hey, hey, we're going to figure it out in the next month, man. We're going to figure it out, okay? So the last one to close out the show, guys, we're going to talk about the defensive ends, pass rushers, right? Uh, Obviously, Ngakwe, Pay, and you want to say Lewis are the guys that are safe, right? Yeah. Yeah, you want to say say they're safe. So the guys that are Mm. battling it out for the last two spots that you want to say, Ben Banigou, Cameron Klein, Byron, Brian Cox, if Fidey Odingbo. Don't even know if I said that correctly, but you know, we're going to go with it. Okay. Uh, man, th- this one is interesting because you got a mix of potential young rusher. You got a potential mix of, you know, a veteran defensive end. And then you got a guy who's done, who, who's, you know, kind of touched the surface a little bit of where, of where he can be a little bit. So, man, the two guys that I'm going with, look, we'll start uh, We'll start with the one that everybody knows, obviously, Ben Vandegu. This is a guy who uh, we're not going to get into the pre- previous regime. Let's just say that he is in better spirits. We are, he, we are he, very excited for his opportunities. In yes, Josh Bradley's we are excited for the legitimate opportunity that he is going to receive uh, to earn – actual playing time this season i am curious because obviously this is going to be a guy who plays in the preseason we'll see how he does what has he been working on with ollie with bradley his trainers in the offseason we'll see how that goes banagoo is not a sure thing to make the roster let me be a little bit uh objective here he is not a sure thing to make this roster he has got to earn it right now if i had to guess is he on the outside looking in Maybe, maybe not because uh, a fighty Odangbo is a guy who who can add some stuff to you on the uh, outside as a backup. You got Brian Cox who who can give you a little bit. Cameron Klein obviously has been a uh, mainstay for the Colts in recent years. For Bandigu, he's got to go out and earn it, man. He's got to go out and earn it because again, you know that this regime, Ollie Bradley, they wanted to keep Bandigu, so they wanted to keep him for a reason. And now he's going to have the chance to get into training camp, get into preseason, you know, put it all together. I mean, he's he's had a lot of time. He's had a lot of time to get some stuff together, to work on some things. And I'm just happy that he's actually in a much better situation. You know, we still don't know about Nate Ollie as a defensive line coach. Is he even better than Brian Baker, who was pathetic as a defensive line coach? Is Nate Ollie better? We don't know that yet because this is his first job as – you know, having his own room, being in charge of his own unit. This is his first job and he's young. So, you know, the former Ball State product has a lot of stuff to work on now. So I am excited uh, where this goes. 
for Banigou, for Klein. Again, he's been a mainstay for the Colts. I think he's just a camp body, honestly. He's done some he he he's done some things here and there, but never really sticks. Does you know, does he pick it up this year? Does things kind of you know be in more of a consistent motion? We'll see Brian Cox again. He, he's a vet, and uh, I, I don't want to keep butchering this guy's name, but I'll, I'll figure it out soon, soon, guys. If Ide Odangbo, that's another guy who's been in the league a little bit. Uh, he, he's done some good things. So this, if I had to say the two guys that make this roster after them, because obviously you lost out on Kamoko Toure, that obviously opened up a spot on the outside. Uh, the great Alkadine Muhammad followed Matt Eberflus to Chicago, where he's going to fill the shoes of Khalil Mack. He's going to try and go get him 15 sacks. I'm going to say Banigou, and I'm going to say Odingbo uh, make the roster. Stephen, where are you going? All right, so what I just did, I, you know, I muted myself for a minute um, because you couldn't hear my typing. But I went and I looked at what the Colts have done in the past in terms of how many defensive linemen they've kept. In the past, during Chris Bowles' dream, generally they keep 10, maybe 11 defensive linemen split between defensive end, defensive tackle. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to revert back defensive tackle talk. Say I'm, I'm keeping Curtis Brooks, you know, Chris Williams, and Eric Johnson, all three of them, because I can. And it's it's, it's my, my, my team, which is great. Um, now, I moved to the defensive end position. Uh, you obviously know Tyquan Lewis, Yannick Ngakwe, um, Quidipay, Dayo Adangbo. Those guys are rock, rock solid, those four guys um, in there. So, oh, you're, so you're already they, at nine guys, right? I'm at nine. And last okay. year they kept 11, and they put Tyquan Lewis as a defensive tackle, defensive end designation on there. Um, so I, I think Banigou – um, Banigou, if you look at his body type and his weight, his play speed, he's very similar to Yannick Ngakwe. He's um, he's in he's Ngakwe's backup in this case, yeah. Yeah. And so I think that Banigou is a guy that is going to get every opportunity um, to make this roster. And I think that knowing what I know about him and, and the people that, that he's around, I think that he's put in the work over this offseason. I think that he's going to be do exactly what they ask him to. And I think he, this, this defensive group is going to give him the opportunity. Um, and with that opportunity, who knows? I think that he's going to capitalize on it. So that's, that's where I'm putting my money. The other roster spot, I'm actually going to go with Cameron Klein um, there in terms of my last defensive end. And I'm going to put Tyquan Lewis or Dio Adangbo in that slash defensive and defensive tackle group. Um, I like Cameron Klein. I like what he, what he brings. Um, he's out of South Dakota. He's a second year guy. Um, and he's one of those guys. I was excited for him last year um, just because he gives them, it gives him a little bit of a different flavor at defensive end, but he's still able to get to the quarterback. Um, it, it, he was able to make it work for them out in South Dakota um in college I think that that can translate with the proper coaching and I think that Nate Ollie is the proper coach I'm I'm on record as not being a huge fan of Baker um and I'm glad that he has moved on and and 
Yeah, I know his daughters were super nice on Hard Knocks, everything like that. But I wasn't a huge fan of Baker. Um, there is probably too many podcasts of me talking about that. Um, so I'm excited to see what Nate Ollie brings to this group. And I'm excited to see the opportunities that Gus Bradley allows these guys to have. So I'm going with Ben Banigo and Cameron Klein in this situation. I don't think Brian, and part of it is because I just don't think Brian Cox or Fede Odenegbo really can crack those two. I think that Chris Ballard is going to go with the traits, go with the younger guys. Um, ben Banigo has got such talent. I, I'm hoping that he he's able to get an opportunity. Hey, man, we're always, you know, cheers to real opportunity, man. That That's all we can say. Um, man, it, it has been quite a conversation, Stephen. I know uh, you're filling in last minute, obviously. Thank you. <laughs> for uh, being available to do that. And guys, if you haven't, man, go follow Steven on, uh, on Twitter. His link to his Twitter is going to be in the description below. You don't have to go far to find it. So make sure you hit that link and give him a follow. Steven, I just realized you're actually not following me for some odd reason. So we share Ben <laughs> Banigou love. We share Rodney <laughs> Thomas love, but for some reason, something's a, just to missing. be fair, I don't follow many people. Like if oh, you look okay. at my, if you look at my followers to to uh, to following, it's very one sided. Like I don't follow a lot of people. It's like maybe it's less than two hundred, maybe if that. I don't know where I'm at, um, but it's not a lot. It's not. I don't do a follow back thing, but I will get on that because I appreciate you and I really enjoyed our conversation during the show and prior to the show. Oh, we had a long conversation before the show, actually, guys. It was pretty fun. Uh, was able to share some things with each other. Uh, but, guys, Stephen rejoined the Blue Stable podcast, obviously representing uh, Stampede Blue, obviously, for, for them over there, man. Uh, any work you got coming at, at all, Stephen? I'll be having – my podcast is going to be starting back up. I've been getting over an illness recently so i wasn't able to start it up this is like the first day my voice has felt normal um so i obviously decided i wanted to hop on with the blue stable to celebrate that um but i i have a podcast it's called a very stable podcast which is ironic um so kind of cool um but yeah it's uh through stampy blue it's going to start up through stampy blue podcast um you can look at it itunes um and basically wherever you get your podcast stampy blue is there um and every once in a while, if there's some controversial topic, I'll write an article for Stampy Blue because I do the legal stuff. That's super fun. Or that the, is the fun. situations. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.